Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Gems and as always I'm your host the Admirable Admiral, that's me, and of course we're in a video store somewhere in your hometown so come find us, yes, video stores still exist. And of course in this vast, vast eons of just amazingness is of course the voice of the illustrious butt maestro. How's it going, bud? Hi, everyone. I'm good. Uh, I watched a weird-ass movie last night, and I'm ready to talk about it. Welcome back to Cinema Gems, everyone. We are another show that mostly talks about movies, sometimes other cinema-adjacent things, uh, like video games and TV shows and stuff like that. But yeah, we've got another weird movie, and following in Cinema Gems tradition for the last year, we're doing another anniversary. Admiral, what, the, what? 45 years. 45 years this 45 movie's been out? Years. 45 years. Now, clarify something for me, because I think you might know more about this off the top of your head than I do. Uh, did this movie come out before or after Mighty Python Holy Grail? So, uh, Terry Gilliam directed both movies, I believe so. Let me double check his... But... Uh, this is his first movie after uh, Monty Python. Oh, wait. No, I'm sorry. He just wrote Monty. Was he just write it? Uh, let's see. Let's check out the directors. The Honorable Tuss and the Fantastic Miss Frieda people are chewing on their jackalope antlers. They're sharpening and getting ready. So he did direct uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. And then after Monty Python and the Holy Grail, he did Jabberwocky. was his first, uh, I guess directorial i wouldn't say debut because he had a hand in monty python he co-directed but i know like a couple of people yeah he, he co-directed yeah, holy grail with terry, terry jones yeah so jabberwocky is his first directorial debut um and it shows it shows i'm just saying yeah i'm not gonna be like oh this movie's amazing oh it's great it shows it's his first movie it shows but we're not here to talk about that just yet. We're here to talk about Jabberwocky, a.k.a. the horrible person that Lewis Carroll was, um, and how he wrote a poem that inspired Terry Gilliam to make a movie. <laughs> Tell me, wait a minute, let's back up just a sec. Why do you think Lewis Carroll was a terrible person? Is there something I don't know? Because he tried to get into a 14-year-old's pants. Oh. See, I didn't know that. Yeah. The creator of Alice in Wonderland created Alice because he had a best friend, Alice, that was like 11 or 12, and he tried to marry her when she was 14 or 15. Oh, no. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's oh, more yeah. than a bit problematic. More. Oh, way more. Uh, and, I mean, I'm not saying uh, I love Terry Gilliam. God, I, what I'm is sorry, it I'll with that. I love his art. authors being borderline or overtly pedophilic? I don't know how, or I think we're licensed to answer that question. Mm. I'm I don't just saying I noticed a little to... bit of a trend, especially with like early 20th century uh, British authors, British yeah. children's book authors, because you got yep. Lewis Carroll, you've got uh, Jan Barry, the uh, the guy who wrote Peter Pan. Yep. Definitely some weird shit going on there. Anyway, we're not fully qualified to talk uh, about all that because I don't yeah. have my fact-checking things but, for all that in front of me right now. <laughs> Whoa. The Honorable Tesla and Fantastic Freer is like, hey, 
We're talking about. We're, let's are, move are on. Are they okay? You heard that? They barking. Oh, babies. They were barking because we. They were barking because we're not talking about <laughs> the movie. That's what it was. Um, but uh, to restate, to rephrase what I said earlier, I like Terry Gilliam's artwork. I don't like him as a person now. Right. Um, because he is a person that. That should not be on Twitter because he has certain viewpoints that aren't aligned yeah, him, to him nowadays. and Michael Palin. If we're being honest, yeah, they, they've gotten they've got yeah. some uh, problematic public views. Yep. Uh, but look, hey, they're stuck in their world and they don't know how to change for the better. Um, like most of us are doing. And before they got stuck so, in those worlds, they made some pretty decent movies. I think, including this one. Uh, yes, this one, and um, I also personally like my favorite work of Terry Gilliam is Brazil. I'm just gonna state that plain, obviously, uh, about that. Um, but uh, we have two reviews from uh, Cinemaniacs from Swapper Jacks. Do you mean read them out now it. or wait until Go later? Go for it. Yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, so Jackster said that Jabberwocky is a first-time director movie. Not amazing, but you could tell he did it right after Holy Grail. But I loved the monster fight at the end. Cool. I mean, all right, all right, Jackster. All right, and we also got uh, Connor Darko. Yeah. Uh, to to quote him specifically, by the way. So th- this this is a specific quote from him. Okay. Cool. What you got? It's a cheerful blood spatter to the face, <laughs> and Republicans should joust to yeah. death. All right. Yes, I love everything right. about that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So with those two reviews, we got from uh, some. Uh, Cinemaniacs or Genomaniacs or, or, or Swapper Gem Cinemaniacs, whatever. yeah. Or Swap. Yeah. There you go. Uh, uh, let's go ahead and jump into Jabberwock. Okay, so Jabberwock. All right, so it opens up, and you got Michael Palin, and he his dad runs a barrel company, but he's in love with this woman that lives on a swamp. Which, by the way, I don't know if you are much of a Whovian to know this, but the girl he's in love with that he tries to marry that gives him the potato when he leaves, and they're just like, yeah, oh, the really about dumb you. girl she's who's Slo- not interested in him yeah. at all. Uh, she's a Slovene from uh, the Christopher Elkelson. Oh, series. nice. Uh, she's one of the big green aliens. Cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh, and then he goes up. Uh, yeah, and then he goes off to go ba- to go to the city, to go to go to um, like to the castle, to make it in, um, and they won't let him in because he's not bringing anything. He doesn't have anything of worth. Yeah, he doesn't have anything of worth. Um, and then uh, he goes and sits outside with a bunch of people, and are you know the people that they had around the campfire ish area, like the the soup, the the um the soup, yeah. Protect you know the, the guy soup. with the rock? Yes. You know the yeah, guy yeah, with yeah. the rock? That's Terry Gilliam. Okay. That's Terry Gilliam. Yeah. Ter- Terry Gilliam, if he you go always back and watch Monty Python, he's... he's the one that says, it's only a model. Yeah. Uh, and it's really weird because people are like, wait, is he British? He's he, Yes and no. He, I think he was born in Britain but raised in America but then went back to yeah, Britain. Yeah, something like that. So he, he's, he's kind of the weird like standoffish American yeah. one <laughs> that people are like, wait, what? He's, he's a body Python person. Yes. 
Yes, he is. Um, uh, so yeah, so he makes his cameo. But while all this is going on, we hear this 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 uh, tale of a giant Jabberwocky that's attacking people in the forest around the castle. Yeah. So, you know, so what is so? Do you want to talk about the king? Your favorite character. <laughs> King Bruno the Questionable. Look, it, it's really funny. We talked about Michael Palin and Terry Gilliam's uh, current political views. It's really ironic considering most of this movie is just eat the rich the movie. <laughs> yep. <laughs> because yep. Uh, King Bruno is just a fucking dumbass. And his advisor is a conniving asshole. And all of their rich friend, snobby friend motherfuckers who are coming in on palanquins, and they're just like, "Mush, go faster! I must compete with this other rich person. I must pro- prove that my servants are faster than his." And you know, any normal person is sitting there holding a middle finger at the screen, going, "Fuck you, dude." Yeah. Uh, what about the guy who cut off his leg so he? Could I was get very money? confused. I I thought that was like. I know it's going to weird sound weird saying this. I thought that was in canon, like in in the film, a prop leg. Like he like the dude found someone else's uh. leg and put it in front of him and tuck his own leg in to make it look to passers-by like he cut his own leg. No, he full on cut his own leg off and then tried to cut off Michael Palin's character. That yep. was the hint to me of like, "Oh no, my theory is wrong. He for real cut his leg off." <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then also we get to where Michael Palin meets the princess. Who is this? And I love the how the princess same thinks woman who greeted Sir uh, Sir Galahad, Michael Palin's character in Holy Grail, because it sounds like the same. I actress. think it, she is. I think she is. I'll go ahead and look it up. You go ahead and pad for time. Um, love. I love all the scenes with her. Because she's just a ditzy princess who's knew nothing but solitude and privilege. Uh, and she wants a prince. So, of course, you know, he, he accidentally stumbles in in some knight armor that he stumbled upon with... Oh, yeah, we gotta talk about the squire. Because he is one of the more fun parts of the movie. <laughs> like, he's fully in it for the glory and the babes, and sleeper, sleeping around with literally everyone's wives. But when his knight is actually called upon to do something dangerous, he's like, nah, fuck this. <laughs> Loved that dude. Yeah. I have no idea what actor yeah. that was, but he was phenomenal. I think it might be her, but I don't think so. Um, I don't see that she is, that's, that, that's her in Jabberwocky. Oh no! I don't think so. Yeah. Um. Oh, but do you want to talk about how? Uh, I love how they set up the joke about. Oh, uh, when the king comes in. Oh, uh, hide! Like she hid. Uh, she hid Michael Palin's character, which isn't his name, Dennis, Dennis Cooper. Cooper which really I'm just is. like. Wow. It really is. They Dennis Cooper. Okay. They actually oh did that. Uh. I, I love how she hides Dennis Cooper when her dad comes in and I love how she's like, dad, don't go near the window. A person fell out the last week. And then like two scenes later, the actual prince that's supposed to like 
fall in love with her, <laughs> gets on it, and then falls down, and just completely just never spoke it again, like, just like, yep, that person's we, dead we gotta now. We got to talk real quick um, about the crazy cult, that speaking of people uh, splatting to the ground, the scene where the cult members took Michael Palin, tried to tie him to a fucking catapult, and light him on fire, and then one of the other cult members was, no, 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 no wait, do me, do me! <laughs> yeah like i don't like some of these things is just like i feel like i have to like i'm not saying i have to be british to understand these jokes but like i think they're just really old jokes like i feel like i have to be stealing some of these ideas for a D &D campaign especially the idea of a stupid but fanatical enough cult member who like puts himself on the chopping block for like notice me witness me <laughs> well all we gotta say is that um you're, <laughs> you're welcome that you thought about this. uh and then basically there's this there's this there's this there's this uproar that uh that dennis cooper's a, a prince and he's gonna marry the princess uh and then his old flame comes uh into town well, Kind of. He basically tries to be like, hey, hey, love me. Well, not me? before he's doing the thing with uh, the knight that he kind of weaseled his way in with. Uh, because the knight, it, it, they, they use a lot of great stereotypes in this, including the fact that, rightfully so, knights can't see shit and they can barely move. Like, I, I yep. don't have to sit here and explain to you how when you're wearing giant plate armor, you have no visibility and no dexterity. <laughs> you're just stiff as a yeah. fucking board. So he's helping that dude out. Meanwhile, the actual squire is sleeping with a bartender's wife, gets killed hiding under the bed, <laughs> which was a great bit. Yeah. I. Which, which I love that that joke went on for as long as it did. Because it was just like, okay, what's going to happen? It's like, oh, he's dead. Good yep. for him. Like, I was okay with that because he was a piece of shit. Him. But he's the kind of piece of shit that you root for up to a point. Uh, yeah. And then he's squiring uh, so then, in disguise with the knight. Mm-hmm. And they happen upon a bunch of cult people who have, I guess, kidnapped the townsfolk from Dennis Cooper's town. And Dennis Cooper yeah. tries to go up to him and be like, hey, I remember you. Hey, Mr. Fishfinger. Hey, you know, my love. And they're like, who the fuck are you? Oh, hi, Knight. Come marry my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they go off to fight the Jabberwocky. And, the Knight gets uh, murked in one hit by the Black Knight, which I love. Yeah. <laughs> like this dude coming up with a Did fucking also... hand axe. Does twelve d twenties worth of damage on this knight in one hit? Did you also see when? Uh, did you also like whenever uh, it would the Jabberwock would like eat people it would just leave its like head yep. intact and then the skeletal yeah that's remains. pretty fucking gnarly. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. It's fucking gnarly. Uh, and then, and then we actually uh, get to see the Jabberwock itself, and all I have to say is that. I am so glad that this movie was made 45 years ago when there was no real CGI or anything. CGI no, it's all practical effects. And whatever yeah. they couldn't do with visual practical effects, they cut away from the actual creature and just let the audio work do the work. And I kind of love that style of filmmaking. 
I think most film film nerds, at least to an extent, like that style of filmmaking where it leaves stuff to the imagination where the filming technology literally can't do it yet. It's... it's it's scarier what's not seen than what I is I respect seen. when filmmakers respect their viewers' imagination and respect their viewers' intelligence. It's it's uh, this is a movie that I feel like should be seen in like maybe history class as a joke, like or oh yeah I no like or, or if if you have a, an English teacher in, uh, in high school yeah. that's doing like a film class. Because I don't, I don't know about you, but my school had uh, a bunch of English teachers that on the side as like an extracurricular had like a film club where you'd study films uh, kind of subjectively or objectively rather and kind of compare them in writing. Like I had an English class in seventh grade. I'm pretty sure I said this last week where we had to write a critical analysis on Alien versus Predator. I don't think you talked about it on air, but I think about it, you told me specifically. I was about to say, I know I've told you personally this before, but yeah, uh, anyone else had a seventh grade teach seventh grade honors English teacher that made them watch and write a critical analysis on Alien versus Predator. I think that's the first time I had ever written down the words "sleigh ride of friendship." Sleigh ride of friendship. God, what a great terrible movie. Um. Uh, and then we get to see the puppetry uh, and also the scale of the Jabberwocky itself. And all I have to say is it does not disappoint. 45 years later, I feel like it still holds up. It's pretty terrifying, especially with all its random yeah. ropey, dangly bits. It's pretty terrifying. It's it's real gangly and, it's and gnarly. Wings, it's just, ugh. And it's wings that aren't, like, together. Yeah. Like, they're just, like, Bo- bony skeleton. holes in it. Yeah, bony skeleton, yeah. like, fucked up kite wings. And you want to talk about how I love that Dennis Cooper basically hides and the Jabberwocky skewers himself? Yeah. <laughs> and so shortly after uh, that, uh, yeah. Dennis Cooper gets back into town and is now the hero because he somehow transported the entire Jabber- Jabberwocky skeleton with him. I thought it was When just five the head. minutes ago, he could barely carry the fucking sword. Like, I'm sorry, since when did he get bracers of ogre strength? Like, I don't... (laughs) That's a real deep cut D&D reference, by the way. It's okay if you didn't get it. (laughs) I didn't get it, so it's alright. I thought it was just this... Oh, I thought it was just the skull of the Jabberwocky. I don't know, it was the whole thing. Okay, still, just the skull of the Jabberwocky was bigger than Michael Palin. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. Uh... And we get to see his old flame like, oh, hey, it's me. You're going to marry me, right? And then the princess is like, oh, Dennis, I love you. Yeah, the king comes out. King Bruno the Questionable comes out and says, all right, that fair is fair. You get my daughter's hand in marriage and you get half my kingdom. Which, by the way, we're talking about the daughter's marriage and half the kingdom. I have to rewind briefly uh, for two things. One, I have to rewind to the scene where the drummer and the trumpet player are escorting the herald, and they keep interrupting the herald. And at one point, the herald takes the drum, it puts it on the drummer's head, and the drummer is still hitting it on his head. And I'm sitting there like, that's me. 
That that's me and Admiral. The Admiral totally put a drum on my head, and I would still be sitting there hitting it on my ow ow ow. I'm glad that you. Uh, I'm glad you knew. Uh, you know our relationship so well. You <laughs> can pick, that, pick out characters in movies. Um, so I have the Criterion uh, Collection edition of the Jabberwocky. Yes. Um, and it comes with the poem of uh, the Jabberwocky. Uh, would you like me to read it? Go for it, because then I'll I have a musical tidbit about this mu- this movie that I okay. want to talk about. Alright, so, um, all I have to say is right now, guys, is like, um, so, uh, the Admiral does have dyslexia, so if I mess up, please do not tweet at me or email me, like, you're a moron, you don't know what that word is. Uh, you, so you, I'm gonna read it out the poem so I can read it? Uh, why don't, we can read every other paragraph. Because there's like seven paragraphs. Oh, God. But let's not read the whole thing then. It's like, but it's like four lines each. It's not like, it's not like fucking like 16 lines in a paragraph. The Jabberwocky. I'm I'm trying to Twas brinkly and slutty foot toes. Did gyre and gimbal in its wave. All misery were the boogaroos. And moans, wraths outgrab. Beware. Beware of the Jabberwocky, my jock, my son. The jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware of the Jubjub bird, the son of the ferocious nope. Bandersnatch. Nope. <laughs> Swing and a miss. So go ahead, you got the next two. <laughs> he took his vorpal sword in hand, long time the maxim foe he sought. So rested he by the tum-tum tree and stood a while in thought. And as in oofish thought he stood, the Jabberwock with eyes of flame came whiffing through the tugly wood and burbled as it came. One, two, one, two, and through and through the Varpo blade went snickersnack. He left it dead. And with its head, he went gabbling back. Galumphing, there you go. <laughs> galumphing back. And hatched out slain the Jabberwocky Come to my arms, my beamish boy. Oh, for ro- fa- fabulous day. Fabulous. Gally. Gally. Kalu Kalei. Kalu. He turned it in his joy. Kalu. Oh, that's how you say Kal. Oh, Kalu. wow. Okay, cool. I never you knew Kalu. how to say it. Kalu. Clay. Twas brilliant in the slithy toves, did gyre and gimbal in the wave, and Mimsy were the boro groves, and the momraths outgrave. And thus concludes hey. attempted poetry corner from the Admiral and Butt Maestro. <laughs> exactly. That is our attempt, and that is our only attempt. Is is that our new regular again. segment? Whenever there's a poem that comes up in a movie, you, you and yes. I try through our try to fight through our dyslexia <laughs> to yes. read a poem. <laughs> yep. Yep. Kalu Clay. Uh, yes. I love it. Yes. I fucking love uh, it. So, so, uh, and then, and then the movie ends. Um, uh, look, so the reason we kind of went, uh, on a quick review is because this movie really has to be seen to understand the sheer ferocity of the actual Jabberwocky of it on screen. It's very Monty Python-esque, and if you've seen Holy Grail and Meaning of Life and Life of Brian, you know that their movies aren't necessarily a continuous plot, but a string of vignettes that are barely related to each other. 
Yes. And that that's uh, essentially so. What this that's movie. why we're. Uh, it is available on Prime, and I think YouTube. That's how with I watched ads. it. On YouTube with ads or Prime? I watched it on on Prime with subtitles because my oh. God, the audio balancing in this movie is bad. Probably good for the time, but pretty bad on a big TV and speaker system. Um, alright guys, so we have our rating system Before here. Before we get into Jones. the rating system, can I talk about one thing real quick, please? Of please, course, go ahead. I need to talk about the use of orchestral music in this movie. Because there is, as far as I know, no originally composed music for this movie. Or very little originally composed music for this movie. In the last scene with the Jabberwocky and him coming back to the castle, they quick cut between three different pieces of very famous classical music. You got the witch Which are? Uh, the Witch's Sabbath, the final movement from Symphony Fantastique by Hector Berlioz. Uh, you've got uh oh 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 what is it? You've got Nine on Bald Mountain by Rimsky Korsakoff. Bum 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 bum. That's Nine on Bald Mountain, and then that's Fantasia. Yes, that that was used in Fantasia. Very good, Admiral. Um, I'm I'm to this day very sad that Symphony Fantastique has not been used in Fantasia or a Fantasia-like thing, because it'd be really cool for like an R-rated Fantasia. Um. <laughs> and the last big victorious theme you hear bum, 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 is pictures of an exhibition that is the last uh movement from modest Muscogee's pictures of an exhibition uh and it is oh okay yeah it's it, it's a brass it's a brass flex tune Whenever you got a bunch of really good brass players in the symphony and you want them to flex, just let them play the last movement of Pictures of an Exhibition. It's great. <laughs> uh, so, I just wanted to point out uh, the brilliant usage of those three pieces all in quick, kind of interchangeable succession in the last 15 minutes of the movie. That made the movie for me. Oh, it was the music? It wasn't the, the images on the screen? Also, yes. But it's the combination of the two that makes film unique. Yes. Um, so, guys, we have a rating system here on Cinema, cinema Gems. Full Gem, an amazing movie. Half Gem, an alright movie. No Gem, a horrible movie. But, Maestro, what do you give the 45th anniversary review of Jabberwocky from 1977? It's at least a solid Half Gem. I 100% agree with you as well. It is a half gym movie. It's amazing because it is, you get to see the actual Jabberwocky on screen and it's not voiced by Christopher Lee in the Alice in Wonderland live action. Movie. I think if there was an attempt to remake this movie in modern times with modern technology, it would lose a lot of its character and charm. Oh, it's luster would be, would gone completely immediately. Well, have you seen the the live action uh, Alice in Wonderland? Unfortunately. So I love that Christopher Lee is the voice of the Jabberwocky. In that oh, movie. it works fantastically! It really does. 
Well, his his voice works, but it's too CGI heavy. Right. That that's where it kind of falls down. Yeah. And the practical effects of this movie are so fucking cool and well done. Uh, the use of music in the movie, everyone's characters are on point and funny without being too... What's the word I'm looking for? It all feels like accurate satire of, hey, here's how really fucked up the Dark Ages were. <laughs> and people were just kind of rolling with it because they had no choice. <laughs> uh, oh, and apparently... Uh, you remember in that other scene where the beggar cut off his other leg? Yep. Remember yep. that? Uh, okay. Oh, also, uh, uh, according to Terry Gilliam, the budget was so small that they could only afford one corridor, so many scenes were shot in a single take because they didn't have enough time or money for multiple takes. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Uh, that really does. Yeah. Oh, and uh, George Lucas had his hand in this movie, technically. Uh, the movie underwent restoration by the BFI, uh, the British Film Institute, yeah. uh, National Archive, with the Film Foundation, funded by George Lucas. So technically, George Lucas helped it make this movie get better. That makes a lot of sense. It really does. Yeah. Oh, and uh, two castles, two castles, two castles in Wales were used for Bruno's castle. Hmm. Okay. Oh, John Cleese turned down a role in this movie. I guess because he was, well, he was doing, he was. He was doing Faulty Tower. I, I was about to say, it's kind of weird. There's, there seems like a lot of like MVP Monty Python players that are missing from this. Yeah. But. Um, I thought I saw I thought I saw the guy who plays King Arthur as one of the people who was running, uh, like, the people who are running them through the... I don't, I don't over... think he's in this, unfortunately. Okay. Yeah. No, 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 he's not. He's not, but that's why I, th I was like, is Great that Graham Chapman? Chapman? Yeah, is that him? He—he's the guy that wrote "Sit on my face and tell me that you love me." Yeah, which is fantastically yeah. catchy, uh, but like also the kind of thing you can't sing at work. Uh, also, uh, the monster costume was designed by Peter Salmon. Uh, he had to wear it backwards to make the Jabberwocky's leg movements more bird-like. <laughs> That makes a lot of sense, actually. Oh, okay, he's done he's done a bunch of stuff. He oh he directed a couple of a couple of uh, crime UK shows in the eighties. Uh, but no, I mean that's really all. So uh, so guys, we have a segment on the show that we've skipped for a couple weeks uh, because the reviews that we've been doing have been a little bit longer than what we have. But we decided to bring it back because we're not saying that Jabberwocky is really long. And it sucks and it's bad. We just wanted it to be as long as the poem makes it out to be. So, uh, this is our uh, quarantine watch list, which is one of my... Before we get into the quarantine watch list section, I do want to remind our listeners, uh, tell us what you thought about our thoughts on the Jabberwocky. Tell us what you thought about the Jabberwocky uh, and Terry Gilliam's other work. You can tell us all of that at cinemagems15 at gmail.com. You can also tweet us at cinemagems underscore pod. You can find some occasional behind-the-scenes things on cinemagems, underscore, uh, cinemagems pod on Instagram. Um, 
And you can also find our episodes on lowrainpictures.com, but only after you go through the Year 30 tab and pay respect to the people who essentially let us live on their website for free. Oh, also, Kevin George, thank you for lending us shoes and music. Um, and also, guys, to answer a question that I know none of you want answered at all, uh, yes, I did send off the Wayne's World hat offer. Um, I have not gotten a reply back as of this recording, but I have kept up with the bump by show of pictures, um, letting him know. And he. It's been an interesting song. Yeah. So we may or may not get hats, and we may or may not get um, talked to by Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. I think I would like the latter more than the actual hats, just to be honest. Okay. Just to be honest. Because um, I would love to talk to Mike Myers about Sarah Married and Axe Murder. I'm sorry. I love that movie so much. Okay, cool. But... I'd love to talk to him about Shrek and a bunch of other things, but that's that's a whole other thing. Before we go on the quarantine so watch you, list, you ready, Admiral? Before we go on the quarantine watch list, you have. You mentioned the other day when we were talking on the phone, uh, because uh, this is a little peek behind the uh, the voice actor curtain, uh, as we usually chit chat for about twenty minutes uh, the day before we record to say what we're gonna do. Uh, talk about because spoiler alert we're in two different time zones um and someone mentioned to time him one minute so he can talk about some band thing i don't know what it is oh oh yes okay so before you start the timer okay let me preface this with uh every summer there is a competition that band nerds like to essentially it's it's our it's the closest we're ever going to get to a pro sport uh, Drum Corps International is the closest we're ever going to get to professional marching band. And I'm so sorry that we just lost most of our listeners. Uh, but the few that are remaining, I'm going to give as quick as I can. I'm going to have the Admiral set a timer for one minute. And I'm going to give a very right. quick recap on what happened this last weekend during 2022 Drum Corps International World Championships in Indianapolis, Indiana in Lucas Oil Stadium that I watched over Flow Marching. All right, ready? Uh, I'm going to talk about flow sports in a different rant because I need more than a minute to talk about that. Okay. Start the timer. All right. Go. But, like, tell me when you started it because I can't see you. I I said go. I started it already. But, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right, start it now. Starting now, okay, so Troopers finally got into finals for the last, uh, for the, the first time in several years, and it was great. It also kind of sucked that they beat out Crossman for finals, uh, because Crossman kind of had a rough deal. They had a, just a poorly designed show, but they did the best they could with the shit they had. Um, oh my god. Cavaliers had a weird uniform, but a great co- uh, show concept. Phantom Regiment, same thing. Weird uniform, great show concept. Bluecoats did a whole synth thing, and you have to smoke a lot of weed to understand their show. Weirdly enough, Blue Devils won, and you have to smoke less weed than you usually do to understand a Blue Devil show than you have to understand their show this year because it mostly used clips from Dune and Cowboy Bebop. Uh, Also, Boston Crusaders, I'm pretty sure, got the closest they've ever been to getting a world championship. Uh, Drum Corps isn't about scoring anymore. Stop caring about scoring. Get off a Drum Corps planet. Uh, Get off a Drum Corps planet and just enjoy the fucking activity for what it is. It's goddamn marching band.
All right, and it's done. The Honorable Tesla put his paw down. He put his paw down. Okay. <laughs> put his paw down. And he's looking at the mic. He's putting his paw on the mic. I can't wait to see how that comes out. My God. He put his paw on the mic. Cinema Gems, where the butt maestro was given exactly one minute to talk about drum corps. Technically, he had a little bit more than a minute, just saying. But we did get ear flaps, so that's always good. I wonder if any of that was intelligible at all. I understood the words. I didn't understand what it meant. If you okay, want to be that's honest. fair. If you want me to be honest. All right, guys. So we have our quarantine watch list. Are you ready, Bubba? It's a quarantine watch list. What'd you watch when you were all alone? But I wasn't alone. I was with the dogs. Close enough. All right. So, Bubba Maestro, what do you have? Uh, I have one or two things. I'm going to start with the Harley Quinn show on HBO. Is it uh, good? Season three. Uh, it's pretty great so far. It's only a few episodes in, and I'm liking it a lot. Okay. I like it a lot better than anything else DC, DC is doing with their movies. Um, with the exception of anything related to Suicide Squad, which is somehow on an upswing. It's because they got James Gunn back, man. Yeah, they got James Gunn back. Oh, wait, no, uh, I'm sorry, not back. They just got James Gunn when he got fired from Disney, and then Disney's like, oh, hey, we want you back. Right, so now he's double dipping. Like, I'm pretty sure he's the only... Besides Joss Whedon, who we don't talk about anymore, I'm pretty sure James Gunn is the only Marvel guy who is contractually allowed to double dip between DC movies and Marvel movies. Exactly. <laughs> Alright, so what... Uh, but Harley Quinn show's great. If you got HBO, check it out. Okay, what else? Uh, you go ahead, because I need a second to think about my other thing. Okay, cool. So I got, so I have a list on my tablet that I will review next week, but I have a stack of movies that I literally, whenever I watch a movie, I go and put it on the stack to talk about the quarantine, quarantine watch list. So I have the movie Thief with James Caan, uh, directed by Michael Mann. Really good, really amazing, heart-intense, like, just anxiety driven movie but still good he's a thief that was he was a thief a long time ago and now he got out he's a safe cracker uh and he's got one more big job to do and his a friend in his in the that he's trying to get out of jail is willie nelson it's a really good movie i really suggest go and check it out um i got one of the last criterion collections when it was on sale because uh uh safe to uh sadly to say james Kahn died uh not long after um, the Criterion Collection was on sale, so I was one of the very few to able to get the Criterion Collection of Thief. Uh, it was a really good movie. I highly suggest it. Uh, most people know James Caan from Elf, um, from Godfather. Yeah. Uh, I would say yeah. this is probably a really good movie that he does a very amazing job in. I highly suggest it. Mm. Uh, also, the original Manchurian Candidate. Uh, okay. It came out in 1962, so just saying. Just saying. It could be, uh, was it 50 years? Or is it 60? 60 years. Just saying. Um, uh, but Manchurian Candidate's really good. Uh, it's, the, it's the OG one. It, so basically, they capture uh, 
the main character, uh, communists capture him, subdue him, brainwash him. So whenever he hears a certain song or a phrase, he goes into kill mode. Um, and Angela Lansbury is his mom in this. All I have to say is, when was she not old? Because she's old in everything, man. Right. Like, like she, But she's like old in this movie, so I don't know when she was young at all. I think sometime around when she shot Murder, She Wrote is when she sold her soul to stop aging. Oh, okay, cool. Cool. Uh, but that's a really good movie. I highly suggest that. It came out in 1962. Yes, it's shot in black and white, but it deserves to be because it's aesthetically supposed to be shot in black and white. Um, also, A Fish Story. Um, uh, so, okay, all right, cool. So, 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 so it sounds really weird, but it's a Japanese... Uh, movie, uh, and the tagline is "Can a song save the Earth from cra- from a crashing comet?" So basically, this band in the '70s makes a song, but they also put out this political statement that's like two and a half, three minutes long on their album. So the studio just cuts that out of the album, and they have these little, they have four vignettes that, uh, including that one, that are added to it. But it's dispersed and edited through differently, and very good. Uh, but basically, whenever like this song plays at different intervals of the ye- of years, like in 1982 or 19 like or 1999 or um, or 2008 or something, it, it does like different things. And if it stops, you hear like this guy. He hears a woman being sexually assaulted, uh, so he goes and stops it. Uh, and because uh, he was listening to the song and it was completely quiet, and he heard you know a woman scream for help. Uh, and then later on, uh, this ferry's getting hijacked, uh, and so there's some gunshots, uh, but it's because the song goes dead, so you don't know what happens. And then come to find out yeah. that the Earth is saved by the comet. Uh, the Earth is saved by the... It's, it's, look, it's a really good movie. It's, a, it, it's an amazing movie. I highly suggest it. I really highly suggest watching this movie. R- remind me again what movie you're talking about. I got lost halfway through that A premise. Fish Story. Okay. Yeah. I have to send you a, uh, a that photo. That sounds like a weird fucking movie. But it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Also, A Face in the Crowd. I love that I'm holding up the DVDs slash Blu-rays to as the mic. As if I can see it. To the mic, so as the listeners can see it. A Face in the Crowd. Uh, it's Andy Griffith. Uh, it's one of his first roles that he ever did. Uh, it came out in 1957. But all I have to say is that it bombed when it came out in 1957, but it's grown more of a cult following now because this guy is picked up off the street in the drunk bin, becomes a national star, and wants to run for the presidency. And they reveal that he's an insane monster on one of his viewings, and the public drops, drops him like a hot potato. Hmm. Please watch this movie because all i have to say is that it speaks more for the times now than it did back in the day also uh mel brooks movie life stinks it came out in 1991 uh it's basically kind of his homage to slapstick three stooges movies um it's just the movie he made between i believe uh robin hood men in tights and I believe Spaceballs. This is the movie he made in between. Basically, he's a millionaire. 
uh, and he makes a bet that he can live it as a bum for a month, but he gets uh, he he gets taken advantage of. He loses money, but then he wins back. Blah, blah. It's look, it's a good movie. I highly suggest it. Oh, and a rare video game makes an appearance: the Terminator Resistance game that came out in 2019. Um, so okay. I, I played this game. It took me about two and a half weeks, three weeks to beat it. But all I have to say is at the end, uh, it's connected to a lot of game, to a lot of the movies. Um, and uh, I, I platinum the game on the first run, by the way, just letting you know. Um, uh, apparently, you can Proud have you. sex with two characters in the game. It's a cutscene, so you don't really do anything. But one of them, what? you don't. One of them is harder to get their trust to have sex with than the other one but i apparently accomplished wooing both of them to have sex with both of them um okay uh, patron was kind of upset she was like you cheating on me i was like it's a video game i didn't even press any buttons it was just a cutscene. um but all i have to say is when the game was ending and skynet's last rising up was about to happen the fantastic miss frida and the honorable tesla decided to do an emergency test of their barking and started barking oh. very loudly while the cutscene of Skynet rising up and dying was over. And Patron's like, what's going on? I go, apparently I've trained the dogs to attack Skynet. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yes. Uh, also, the movie Autofocus. Uh, have you ever seen Hogan's Heroes? Yes, a long time ago. Okay, so the guy who was in the guy who plays Hogan and Hogan's Heroes was a sex fanatic, a sex fiend, a sex addict. Like he would literally like keep pictures of people like n- naked women and all kinds. Of, it's really fucking weird, and I didn't know this till about probably five years, four or five years ago. Um, but Greg Kinnear plays plays him in Autofocus, and William Defoe plays the person who kills him. It's a really weird relationship that they have, but I highly suggest watching it, but don't watch it with anyone else because you'll feel like you need to take a shower afterwards. Um, yeah. Also, uh, I watched A Night at the Opera with the Marx Brothers, Groucho, uh, Chico, and Harpo. And yes, to anyone that knows, no one asked ever, uh, in the sense of things, silent but deadly, you know, very close friend of the show, yeah. um, is Harpo. The Marx brother who doesn't talk. And I'm Groucho, the one who cannot stop talking. That's our relationship. Uh, not at the opera. I highly suggest it. A lot of people love um, Duck Soup. I have not seen Duck Soup in a long time. I've seen that at the opera more recently, and I highly suggest watching that. Also, I rewatched uh, The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent. Uh, the Nicolas That's Cage movie. That's the Nick movie, Cage movie, isn't it? Where he plays himself. And uh, Pedro Pascal pays him a million dollars to come and hang out with him on his uh, island off of Spain for his birthday. If you love Nick Cage going fucking insane, please watch. Which I do. Who the fuck doesn't? Please watch this movie. Oh, and also I saw Easter Sunday. Um, The movie that came out, I think, a couple weeks ago. Me and Patron went and watched it. It was alright. It wasn't great. It was, it's, Easter Sunday's a half gym if you're high. Or vibing. Okay. Whichever you want to go. Whichever one you go with. Uh, so that's all my, uh, oh, and I'm also playing Pokemon Legends 
Arcaeus? Yeah, that one. Uh, How is it? I am absolutely loving it. I am really enjoying it a lot. Like is a, it the big open world Pokemon game you were hoping for? Yes. Yes. Nice. Yes, it was. Uh, so you said you had a couple more things. I'm sorry to go I had, on about I have, that. I, I have one more video game, actually. I also oh, have okay. a video game that I've been playing recently. Mario Kart 8 most recently released uh, Wave 2 of its DLC tracks. Excuse me. Oh, okay. Which is a whole bunch of new tracks as well as some retro tracks fitted from previous games uh, remastered for the newest game. Including, you ready for this? Waluigi Pinball is back, baby. Oh, really? It's okay. so much fun. It is exactly as much fun as I remember it being on the 3DS and the DS. Oh my god, it's great. Like, if, if you have, like, I think it's 20 bucks for the whole season pass, and you get every set of tracks that comes out as it How comes out. How many tracks? Right now, there's a total of 16 already dropped. There's two waves dropped right now. Each oh. wave contains uh, it two cups of four tracks each. So wait, you telling me that basically I'm paying a dollar a track? Ye- well, it's going to be less than that when they all come out. Well, They're essentially that, coming out on a schedule of like 16 tracks. I'm sorry, eight tracks every three months. Okay. Eight, then eight yeah, new maps every three months or so. I'm fine with that. I'm fine uh, with that. Yeah, I love it. Sorry, I'm the most casual of casual gamers, and Mario Kart is one of those easy games for me that I can just veg out, and I'm still accidentally pretty good. It's okay. Look, I have basically taken a year off of gaming, as I was telling Patron, um, and... I am going back <laughs> as hard as I've ever done in a long time. Like, I literally... Are you, are you back on Forknife? Uh, oh, no, no, no. That has never left. Because I play that with uh, Mr. and Mrs. Futhark. That's right. I play that with them. Uh, and uh, and uh, Dr. Elmont Kringle every once in a while. Um, but yeah, guys, look. Yeah, when he's, when he's not uh, managing the X-Men... Yeah, the uh, little Avengers. Have to... <laughs> the little the 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 baby Avengers, the baby Avengers. Hi, the I'm Avengers a baby Avenger. Exactly, Junior Squad. Uh, so all we gotta say, guys, is that you heard what we said earlier, but we're gonna repeat ourselves again anyway. If you want us to review any of the movies we listed, uh, please email us at cinemagems15. That's one five, not fifteen, spelled out. Cinemagems. One five at gmail.com. You can also tweet at cinemagems underscore pod for the Twitter yes. and cinemagems pod for the Instagram. Please let us know what you want to listen to. We want to be the podcast that you want to listen to. Um, also, guys, thank you, Marty and the Arrogant Zebra, for letting us use your website, lowrainpictures.com. Go over to your 30 tab, guys, and begrudgingly come back to us. And let us know how much you didn't like us and how much you like them more, which is fine because they're far superior in every way possible. And also, guys, please remember Kevin George. Thank you for letting us use your music. Uh, but, guys, the main thing is remember that 
you always need to take time for yourself out. You need to do things for yourself. You need to remember that you can take care of yourself first before you can take care of anyone else. Am I right by Maestro? Absolutely, you are right. Uh, and thank you, as always, to our amazing Swapper Jacks friends and family members. Look, the Swapper Jacks family has been going through a lot recently. Swapper Jacks people all over the country. Stay strong, y'all. Keep doing your job. Keep your head held high. Don't invest too much into the job that doesn't love you back, even if they're giving signs of loving you that feel a little bit too late. Um, keep doing your job. Keep paying the bills. Do what you got to do to survive. We love y'all. Thank you for your constant support and input and ideas. We roll with those ideas as much as we possibly can, and we love them every time. And we hope y'all do too. I, I guess basically what I have to say is that what Swapper Jax is doing right now is like when your ex realizes that you're about to end the relationship. Yeah. Oh! Oh, no! You're literally packing your bags. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. You're literally about to pack your bags, and they're they're trying to just throw everything they can at the wall and hope hope that something keeps you around. Yep. And meanwhile, you're Uh, sitting there thinking, you know, forgive me for not applauding you for doing the bare minimum a little bit too late. Yeah. Uh, but all I have to say, guys, is uh, wipe your hooves and see you later. But remember, black lives always, always. matter, guys. All right, Love guys. We will see you later. Bye. Bye, guys.